Hey, Jesse Paul Smith here, My Creative District Podcast. And in this session, we are going to be chatting with my good friend, Michael Faber from Unleash You. In this conversation, we talk all about how he went from failure to success in going from losing $60,000 on an event to all of a sudden a well over half a million dollar coaching business the following year. We also talk about the value of building an audience all organically from the heart and how to do it properly. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. All right. I am super excited to bring to this session here my good friend, Michael Faber. Now, Michael Faber is... Uh, one of the founders of Unleash You, uh, helping people really step into their authentic selves so that they can live out their purpose. And uh, I know this guy has been helping entrepreneurs all over the globe. And we're going to be getting into a really valuable conversation around that exact thing about how you can lean into your authentic self and uh, really build a platform, a business, whether you're trying to be a performer, whether you're trying to be an artist, whether you're trying to build a business, how important that is. So, Michael, welcome to today's episode, brother. What's up, brother? I'm glad. Uh, thank you for letting me be here. I'm honored. I was like trying to convince you for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> only took that, only took that uh, couple of DMs, right? Uh, but, uh, but, you know, one of the cool things is, um, you know, we, we both are part of the John Maxwell team, um, have, have met each other that way. Um, but, you know, I think your story is super fascinating. And I want to give some context around, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that have started businesses, um, but you're actually uh, a business that's making an impact and generating uh, an income. I think uh, there's a lot of people out there that have coaching programs and do mastermind programs that aren't making income. And I think income is a byproduct of impact, right? If you're really making an impact, uh, there's monetary uh, value that comes out of that. And so, but really the reason why uh, your business is making an impact is because you learned the value of embracing who you are and not trying to be like somebody else that you follow. Um, but let's, let's bring, build some context around like your backstory, man, and where, how you got started, um, because you weren't always doing the legit business. No, no, I, I don't know if I actually think I did the illegit, like the illegal business longer than I did the legit business. I almost said like illegitimate, like it was a kid. I'm sorry, <laughs> making up words. So when, so let, let's go back to like, you know, the 15 year old version of, of Michael Faber. What were you up to at that time in your life? God picked an awful age, man. You could have picked something better. I was like, nice. I was, I was like four years old. I was a beautiful kid. Um, no, but, uh, 15, I was awful, man. I was, uh, by that point I was already in and out of court. I was already on probation, already experienced juvie. So, uh, 15, I was a little pain in the ass. 
right? So uh, I, was, uh, I was one of those guys, everybody's story is different, but uh, there's like similarities to, to all of us where we connect on that emotional level. And uh, so I came from the family where, you know, uh, you didn't, you weren't hurt. If you were a man, you're never hurt, right? Like you got angry, you got pissed, you got mad, but you were never hurt. So I didn't know what like emotions, like I wasn't good with that. So if I felt any way, it was mad, right? Like no matter what, like how I think I was happy mad, right? Like I was just like, oh, that was good. I'm mad now, right? Like fuck it. And, uh, and that led me down roads where it was like trouble, fighting, dumb stuff, trying to, thought I was like a real street guy. Uh, it was like, my goal was to be a man's man. Right. Not in like, not in like the dating way, but in a, like in a street term way. Right. Uh, and it was, it was always, it was always trying to prove that and show my worth and my value and let others feel my pain. Right. Like I felt like I always had to try to prove it. Right. When you, when you come from here, I always say like this thing, I think this thing is like common from everybody because if you come, not everyone, any blanket statements incorrect. Most people have the same chip, right? It's if you came from nothing, you want to prove you're something, right? And if you came from something, you want to prove you're something and not what you came from was, right? And it's just, it's just uh, experiences are different, but that feeling's the same, right? Now it's different. You're a junkyard dog. You're a junkyard dog. Like that's a different mentality, but it's, it's that you want to prove it. Like you want to prove who you are, that you have worth, that you have something to say, that you can contribute a verse to this thing we call life, right? And I just didn't know how to do that. So 15-year-old me, I was fighting, doing drugs, uh, partying a lot. One year after 15, I was out on my ass. Uh, my dad said his way or the highway. I, I, I didn't think he was serious. He was. Uh, I ended up sleeping in my car for a while. Um, so 15, I was already there where it was like I was already to the point of that my life was going to be altered by my decisions in a negative way over and over and over again. And so I was already there at 15. Uh, the threat was in me. And what, I mean, I know that you were, uh, you know, entrepreneurial, even at 15, you were, you were trying to figure out, figure out this game. So what did that, how did that make you approach, you know, your, your goals and your dreams for yourself? Right. I was always a hustler. I say that I was, I was, I feel like I was almost, I hate when people say a born hustler, but man, I developed that trait young, right? Like, I, I like, I think that's something we can learn, right. To be a hustler. I think that's a skill. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm lucky. I was the youngest of six. So I got to see everybody else doing hustles, right? Like how they were making and how they were doing it. And my brothers weren't the most legit people on earth either. Right. Like they weren't like all accountants. And then there was me. Right. Like, <laughs> like, I think my one brother got kicked out of like St. John's in like three months. He had a full sc soccer scholarship, got kicked out in three months for drugs. So it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like we all, they all were just beautiful, nice people. And then there was me, they were all nicer looking than me, but they weren't like necessarily prime examples of things to do. I'm the only one with red hair in my family. It's really fucking weird. But, um, the, uh, my dad said it was cause he had rusty pipes. He was an old man when he had me. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Right. I did stand up for like three years and that was the only funny joke I ever said. Like that was the only time anybody ever laughed at me, everything else. They were just like crickets. Right. So, um, I always learned, I always wanted to earn my keep, right. I wanted to have mine because that was a way of showing worth. Right. So I always wanted to have my own, right. Like I always wanted to be able to create. And, and what that did was though, it did teach me some things that I still use, right? Like, like grinding, right? Like we grind, like I think there's a war on grind right now. And I'm just like, the people that started the war on grind, I think they came from a different part, right? Like a different belief system. 
Because us grinding was just mean you were doing your thing. Like, I'm grinding. I'm doing my thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm out, right? And I would say, like, I, I would say now I grind. But what I do now, I love. So it's not weighing on me. It's not like I'm wearing out. I mean, you were making fun of me earlier about the hours I spent on Clubhouse. But it's like, to me, that's not a grind. Like, that's me grinding, but I love that shit. Like, we're connecting. We're creating impact, right? But it's always been – I've always been a worker, right? So it's like I say there's systems in business. And it's funny, like, the six-figure and the seven-figure, it's like the six-figure is the hustler. You can just be a hustler and make a six-figure business, right? And then seven is systems, right? After you realize you're hustling, what you're doing is a system, right? You just need to document it. And then you have a documented system. You do that system over and over and over again. If it's working, it's going to keep working, right? To a certain extent, it's going to keep working until you have to then automate or then uh, go into a different where processes and, and, or, and then on your business and not in, in your business. So it's understanding that that's what I was getting. I was actually learning that at like 15, 16, 17, even younger. I mean, hell, I was a hustle. I was hustling since I was like six, right? Five years old. I was doing uh, the penny candy and baseball card routine. Um, just trying to make a little money every day, right? So it was always where, what do people want and how were they lazy enough where I could get it for them? That's what every, everything I did until in my thirties was, what do people really want done and who's lazy enough to pay someone to do it? And that's why the businesses were like landscape, restaurant, like shit like that. Right, right. So it's interesting though, because, you know, when did you start to fall into this idea though that, you stopped working from the chip and you start working from the value. Ooh, that's a good one. And I'm going to answer this really weird. You're going to be like, this is a cop out, bro. But uh, I'm going to say the chip became my purpose. Rather than try to prove what I was, it was to show what I'm here for. All right. So, and that is to impact people's lives, to help people to unleash, to get their inner greatness. Right. And like, how can I do that? How, do, how many different ways can I do this? Right. So it's like that chip stopped being like proof who you are. I already know who I am now. Right. Now it's just live your purpose. Right. Live, live while you're here and, and contribute the way that you're actually meant to contribute. I wasn't meant to contribute, you know, through harm, right. Through hitting a guy with a bar stool. Right? <laughs> I was meant to contribute. I've done that, but there was a, <laughs> uh, it's a weird story, but I ended up getting caught for it too. So it was fantastic. But the idea is like, I wasn't here for that. That was me doing that right? Like that wasn't necessarily my purpose, but I did. I went through that to learn to get towards it. So that chip didn't like necessarily go away, but my perspective of the chip went away. So I'm curious, do you think that people that don't really clearly get their purpose in life operate from this chip more frequently than people that do understand? Do you feel like the purpose is kind of the, the caveat for the switch between chip to authenticity? I think when we accept that, like when we embrace it, that's when shit changes. Because even when I thought like, man, this might be my purpose, right? Like this might be what I'm here for. I was still wearing fake ass suits, right? Like I was still, I was, I still had a really nice car for no fucking reason, right? Like I still had a house that I had rooms that I didn't even go in, like didn't even, no one went into, like they were just pointless rooms. Like literally some rooms are just literally fucking empty. Like why, why do I have this room, right? So I still had, I still had some of those things that were like image things that were like, I want you to think something of me rather than me. Let me let's show you what I am and who I am. So I think when you embrace that, that's when the shit changes because now I'm like, like me or not, I'm still doing my thing. Right. Like, and how does, I mean, so here's my question is how did you find your purpose? Cause I think a lot of people have this 
you know, this passion. Again, we're the, the, the people that are listening to this podcast are creatives, right? They have this passion that drives them, but passion without purpose can lead you astray. So how did you find this purpose and how did you realize that, you know, what you were using to drive you was actually driving you in the wrong way? Oh, right. That's a good one. So I was sitting at the Mobile Inn in, in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Don't ever go. And I was sitting on, I was sitting on a stoop because like, it was just a fucking bad place. So it wasn't a great stay. And I was just sitting on the stoop thinking about my life, right? Like, how the f- did I get here kind of thing, right? Like, how, how did I get to this place right now? All right. And it was almost like that metaphoric, like you're rock bottom. I think everybody's rock bottom. It's like whatever they decided to be. I don't think there's like some certain level that, oh, thank God you got there now. All right. And I was just sitting there and I was thinking about the punk ass I was until I was like 20. And I was just like, man, I was good at that. Right? Like I was like, I was like, maybe that's what I was meant to do. Right. Like an idiot. Right? And then I was thinking about that businessman I tried to create after that. That was my persona. I was a real good businessman. And uh, I was just sitting there. I'm like, that's weird. I created that punk because that's what I needed to get by at that time to hide me and to protect me. And then I created that businessman to hide me and protect me. Right. And so I was like, wow. Okay. So I kind of created those so I can create the face of my life. Right. And that one, that one thing was powerful just because it, it was almost like I had control for so long. I didn't take control. Right. When I was younger, I would say like, I, your life is a movie. When I was younger, I was the villain of the story. Right. And I was just causing harm and, and hectic and just dumb shit. Right. And then, sorry for not allowed to curse. Then uh, the second phase was I was the damsel in distress, right? Like I, I was the victim. I needed saving. Right. Even though I created this thing to protect what I really was, but that's what I really was in the center. And I was like, oh shit, like I got to be the hero. But owning that I created those things gave me the power that I could create being the hero of my story because I already created who I was multiple times, right? So then I was like, then I started asking questions like, who do I want to be like? What do my legacy want to be about? And someone said, man, it's from a book and they never said it was from a book. And then I was like, this dude said, and I said it and they're like, that's not him. And I was like, well, never mind. Right? That's why I, I never say a name. I just say some dude said, so then you can't say I'm Jay Shetty and you can't say I said it wrong, all right? So it was, uh, he said like, who breathed easier because you existed? And I was just sitting there and I'm like, I don't know if a fucking single person breathed easier because I existed. Like, I don't know if I impacted anyone in a way that just made their day easier. Right. Like, like I know, I know you like you're, you're great with dance, right. Like, and, and sales and other things, but dance is like one of the ways you really express yourself. Right. And just you doing that, right. Someone could watch that and you could just take them away from whatever they're stuck in for a moment and you made them breathe easier. Right. And it's just like, fuck, like, how cool is that? Right? Like shit, I'm almost, I almost get emotional just saying that to you. Right? Like that, that's a fucking cool thing. Right? And I'm like, my God. And I'm like, I don't know how long I got, but I know to this point, I haven't done that for anybody. Like not even my mom, like my mom, I, I put her through all kinds of shit. Like I didn't make our life easier. Right? So I was just like, Jesus, like, what am I doing? Right? So then it was like, what do I want my legacy to be? And it's like, one of the things I always say is I care. Right? I cared when I was younger. That's what made me do dumb shit. Like I cared. I might not have cared about some people I was doing it to at the time, but I cared and that's why I was doing it. And then I cared the second part and that's why I was doing that. So I care about people. So I was just like, dude, all right. So I care. How can I turn that and make sure it's a positive, not negative, right? Because you can clearly care in a negative way. I've done that. All right. So I was just like, what are the dudes like? Who are the people where I'm like, these are my people. Like these are the people 
that like that I want to serve, right? Not necessarily want not money per se. That's not what I was thinking at that time. I was like, who do I want to serve, right? And I truly believe the hustlers are the ones that rule the world, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm a huge Nips, right? Nipsey fan, right? RIP. And uh, he, he says a line. He, started, he, he said the poem first. And it was about the world's not changed by the man, right, that gives in. The world is changed by the persistent man, right? Because the persistent man keeps doing his thing and makes the world change to him. So all change is created by the persistent man, right? And I was just like, that's fucking dope, right? And, and then he said radicals after it. And that's where I was like, that's why I always use the word. We're like, we're, well, I'll always be a radical. Because like, I'm not giving, because if I give, then the change we're trying to see won't happen. So that's why when people are like, man, you're so stubborn. No, like, I'm, I, if we give into this moment, then the change we want to see will never happen. And we become what is custom now, right? So like me, I, I, we have a war against property. Like, uh, I, the system that created property, I want to kick it in its nuts every day, right? I'm saving the eight seconds of fight I got left for that, right? So it's like... It's like the system where it's like, yo, go to, go to school, then go to college, right? Then work 40 years, right? And maybe in your mid-60s, you get to retire. And then the average lifespan says you get 10 years of fucking doing what you want to do on that eh, thousand or two thousand you make a week or two, right? Thank you, right? Like, what the, like, who taught us the system where that's the, like, that's the smart and safe way? We're crazy for doing what we do. I'm like, F you, bro. Like, no, like, that's stupid to me. Like, no, I can't do that. I can't give you 40 and hoping to get 10. That seems like a bad deal to me, right? So it's that system that teaches us to be almost like slaves to the, to the system. So it's like, how can we free people that? So I started seeing, I was just like, dude, I love the hustlers. Like I'm a hustler. I love hustlers. How can I serve them? Right? So then I started thinking, what am I good at? Like, what are my skills? What skills can I learn to better help? Right? So I started, what were my skills at that point? And I started helping people at that level. But as I'm doing that, I'm also learning and growing over here, right? So then my skills are growing and the ability to me to pour into people differently is growing. So now I can do this, but now I can also do this, right? And I could, I could also do this and I can all, right? Like you can dance, you can run a dance contest, you can run a dance agency, you can sell, right? Like there's numerous things, right? Like that you can do because of the skill set that you've grown in the time, right? So it was, so that's how I kind of went passion and purpose. My passion is for, People like hustlers, right? That's my passion, like the world changers. They're, they're who I fight for, right? All right, now, what, how can I be purposeful in how I'm passionate about them and go and do things to change their life for the better? That also then makes me feel fulfillment because that's better than any happiness bullshit you can give me, right? It's like, it, it's how can you take that and then say, all right, cool. I made my purpose, I made my passion and made it purposeful. And now I'm impacting people the way I know I can impact people in a style in which I'm cool with, I like, and I enjoy, because then I'm not working, I'm doing what I love, right? Like I'm, I'm doing what makes my heart leave. So I, I think the question that comes from what you just said there is how does somebody, cause you, I mean, you've built seven figure businesses, right? You've, you've built seven, six figure businesses, you've built seven figure businesses. And how does somebody go from, you know, this chip on their shoulder, this war almost on themselves to you know, transitioning into this war on a, a purpose, because I think we got a lot of creators in, that are listening to this podcast and, and they're all trying to, they're all trying to make a, a, a path for themselves, right? They're trying to get this big break, but if they're too busy fighting this chip, 
on their shoulder, they're going to really have a hard time being able to see the landscape to actually get them to where they want to go. How did you allow yourself to transition in a way that, that actually served people instead of, instead of this chip? So uh, first, uh, I'm going to go two different parts of this logical part of it, and then like the emotional side, right? Like the interior, the mindset work and things of that nature, because I feel like they're two very different things, right? And the logical part is like, you have to answer one of two questions first, who or what, right? Who do you want to help, right? Or what can you do to help, right? So if you know who you want to help, then you can say, all right, how can I help these people? Or you say, this is what I can do. Who has this problem? Right. And that's the logical side of creating something and showing your passion and then being able to create something that actually brings in revenue to you too. Right. So because the people that are going to pay for you or the pay for things are the people that are, that have that pain or problem or running from it, or they're running to the destination in which you're trying to say you bring them to. Right. So that's the logical part of it. Right. The emotional mindset part of it was, and I would say most of it, one, I had to get through some shit. First, like, I wish there was an easy answer for this. I, w- I wish there was like a cookie cutter thing where it's like, hey, buddy, do this 10 times in the corner and everything's good, right? Like, no, like, right? Like, I wish it was that. It was fuck- it's fucking hard, right? Like, it's painful to get to that point because you got to get through a bunch of shit that you've been keeping on that in that chip and using. It- it's almost like you're losing your identity to build a new identity, right? And, and when I was doing that, it was fucking hard because first I had, to, I had to go through everything, which was a pain in the ass, right? And then I hid all that shit, right? And then I hid it and stuffed it deep down inside me until it exploded and I couldn't hide it anymore, right? And it left me like a suicidal addict maniac, right? And uh, literally like just disappearing. And it took me from that and it was just like, all right, like I need to deal with this because clearly if I don't, it's over for me, right? Like if I don't deal with this, it's going to kill me. Right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to kill me. Try and try not to deal with it. So that all explodes. And then it's like, all right, I have to go through all the shit that I went through already, but that I didn't go through interior wise. Right. My brother dying, a couple of my friends dying, my pops dying. Right. Like I got to go through all this shit. And then all the shit I did that I, that I, you know, that you secretly regret that you don't want to say you regret. Right? Like once I fought a bum over a 40, like it, I mean, like there's some shit I did that's, you know, not impressive. Right. So it's like the next thing that comes from that, like I had an amazing amount of guilt. Like, why do I get this good life and my people aren't here? Right. So it was like that self-sabotaging, like I'm not this person. I shouldn't be getting this. I shouldn't be doing this. Right. And that's where we were talking before the show was about uh, like I sabotaged myself numerous times. The businesses you said I, I created, I've, I also destroyed them. Right. So it was, it was like, ew, right. And it was like, you can look at the great side of it or you can see the other side of it too, where I was like, I was the destruction of it. And then it was developing my passion and purpose and making it something so meaningful. It was like my blood. Right. And, and that's where, like, that's why I got the tattoo with my boy's initials on it. My pops and my brother's initials on it there, because now if I get to live this life, they get to, and that's all a perspective and that's all a mindset, right. That's reframing something. And it's like, we have to first heal, right? Go through our shit and heal from it. Like, so because that healing is destroying that chip, right? So this starts sizzling out the more and more you heal from things, right? And so then there's this like empty crater and then what do you fill it with? And then I filled it with the one passion and purpose and that I was on a mission, right? Like, so I'm on a mission, right? My boys died from drug overdoses, uh, violence, right? Crime or self-injurious behavior, right? Like self-harm. Right. 
So what I did was I struck out to destroy these three things, right? And then I even said, I went, I dove deep, right? I was like, what drives people here, right? And it kept bringing me back to the system, system, right? So I'm like, well, I'm going to destroy that fucking system, right? So like knowing that, like, that's what I was going to attack. That's my mission. How can I accomplish this mission? And that just kept leading me down the path to be able to get closer to where I then understood how I can help, who I can help, and then kept growing so I can help in more ways because then I can, I can impact greater. Right. And I love what you said at the beginning, because one of the signs in our office says, um, the greater the impact, the greater the income. If you want the second focus on the one, right. And it's all about focusing on the one, right. Like impact. If you focus on impact enough, right. Then you can figure out, all right, my time and everything is valuable. And the more I create income wise, the more I can impact. So you, you said something that I want to dig in a little bit deeper on. You said something about the fact that you built six figure businesses and you built seven figure businesses, but you also collapsed them. And there's this whole self-sabotaging pattern that a lot of people go through that they don't realize. And part of that has to do with because of what they truly believe about themselves. You talked about healing. How much of that was important in getting over your self-sabotaging patterns? And what did you do to allow yourself to heal? Because I think a lot of people hear this healing thing, but it's kind of this mystery. How do you do it? Right. It's a good term. It's like scaling. Everybody's talking about scaling. It's like, the fuck? Right? So uh, healing is the same thing. You got to heal. Right? And uh, first, it's like, you know, I laugh at 12 steps, right? But it's like a 12-step thing. First, you have to admit there's a problem. Right. Like I clearly had a fucking problem. Right. Um, so I had to admit like, and then I didn't want my life to be like that forever. I didn't want to be like that for my mom forever. I didn't want to be like that for my boys that were still here forever. I didn't want to be like that for my daughter forever. So it was like, am I willing to commit to the life I want to the people in my life, right. That I care and love. And for the people that I might be meant here to serve, am I ready to commit to that? And then if you're truly ready to commit, that means you make decisions in that way. Right. That's what commitment is. You make decisions to follow through and that's commitment, your decision-making. So in my mind, there was like, what else, where else can I go? Right. Like I literally was in Mobile, Alabama. You ever been there? It's an amazing place. So it was like, I'm like, man, what am I like? This something has to give. Right. So then I sought help. Right. I went, uh, I understand this journey is meant to be together. Right. And listen, it's funny. They're like, first you met a problem. That's the hardest part. I'm like, bullshit. Asking for help was the hardest part, right? Because I was a guy in my life that I rarely ever wanted to ask for help. Really did, right? So I'm like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't need nobody, right? Because that's part of the chip. I don't need nobody. I got this. So it was then ask for help. And, and it started with some people I knew cared about me. And then it was finding. And then after that, it evolved to where I was like, all right, let me find people in the field and the space that can do it, right? And it was so many different ways, right? Because it's not, it's not just depending on what you're, what you have inside you, right? Like depending on your life, it's not just a mindset thing, right? Like I, I, to me, the mindset's the ignition, hundred percent. I agree, but everybody says the engine. I don't agree with that. Your mindset's the ignition because that's the first thing that clicks normally, but that clicks because of what your feelings, right? Like your emotions, right? Like your thoughts, right? Like all these things control all these different parts of you. It makes your part react. So it's like, like what's your soul saying, right? What's your, and we talk about mindset, but a lot of our mindset comes from subconscious programming. So, it's like, first, you got to say there's some like, something's up, reach out to people and ask for help, right? And that starts the process. And then it's like really diving through that shit and everybody has shit and there's no little or more shit, right? Like everybody's like, oh man, but you had such a hard time. Like, 
Like mine's nothing like that. I'm like, no, your heart is your heart. Like my heart is my heart. And they're very different. That doesn't make them less hard or more hard. They're just hard, right? Because there's things that because of what you've been through in your life, you can hit and be like, nah, like I understand this, right? And if it hit me, I'd be like, what the fuck is this, right? Just because of our experiences and our perspectives on them. So it's, I wish there was an easy, like, this is the pill and now you're here, right? But it was truly doing that was a huge start in the direction. You said something earlier where I was just like, that's like perfectly said. You said the view, right? Like it changes your landscape. It changes your view. And it gave me a bird's eye view on my, on where I was trying to go. So rather than seeing just this way, I was seeing above it. So I could see moves that I was, that I could make. Right. And then that led me into more other things that were causing me harm. Right. Like, like we talked about imposter syndrome, right? Like that led into other things and other things and how my mind worked and how I operated and I had to change my habits and I had to change number one pattern because that changes habits. Right. And what was my pattern when something went wrong? I was mad. I had to change that being my, my initial switch. Right. And then when, when I started understanding that, recognizing it and changing my patterns, then the results started changing. Because if I kept letting them make my pattern, I, something would happen, that would click, and I would destroy everything to try to show I was mad, I was a man. So what point in this, in this journey did you, because uh, I want to talk about a little bit about Unleash You and where that was birthed from, because that really right now is, is your passion project that is starting to make such waves, you know, not just in the US, but literally all over the globe. So where did that come from and what was it birthed from? Nice. So I used to have, when I, when I went through everything and like, like broke down and, and crumbled and, and then I had to rebuild, uh, my, my idea was CMF and I was coach Mike favor. All right. And it came from like sports talk days and I was a coach in basketball. So everybody was always like, Oh my God, you love coaching space. And I'm like, no, nah, I, most of the coaching space hates me because I'm very honest and rude about coaching space because there's a bunch of frauds and bullshit in it. And I'm like, so, and, and I normally call fraud and bullshit out a lot just because if we don't, uh, then it looks like we agree to the space and we're in, we're in it together. And I'm like, no, there's some of these motherfuckers that are not in it with me. All right. Just because as soon as you do that, you, you ruin your thing too and your movement. And I don't, I don't want that to happen to the movement we're trying to do. So uh, I was CMF and I was like all about, I was I'm going to change the world. Right. Like, and, and I literally still have a sign that's like the nine zeros club and every freaking person that sees it goes, Oh, nineties club. And I'm like, no, it's not the nineties club. Right. Like I'm not sitting here talking about 90210 and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air even though Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a badass show. But <laughs> the, uh, it's like, no, it's the nine zeros. It's a billion. I want to reach a billion people because I feel like if we do that, then we can change the world, right? Then like the entire globe changed. If we can reach a billion people, the entire, because the ripple effect in that can then hit seven times and that'd be the world. So I sought out and what happened was uh, I did one-on-one coaching. And I did like 300 free sessions the first year I became a coach. And at the end, I've impacted 300 people. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to live to like 4,000. Right? Like, I'm never going to do this this way. Right. So I was just like, holy shit. And uh, so then I was like, all right, well, I'll do group coaching too. Right. And then the next year it was like, oh, you reached 450 people. I was like, the fuck is this? Right. Like, it's like, we didn't even get to a thousand yet. Right. Like, so uh, my one buddy had me speak when I didn't want to. And I was just like, you know, after it, I was like, this is dope. Right. Like, I love this shit, right? Like the, the room was electric, right? Like that's why I like people talk about now, like virtual events, virtual events are great. Don't get me wrong. We got to, 
right? Like we have to, you're literally doing a virtual event. I'm literally doing a virtual event, right? Like we have to, because it's the, it's the only thing we're allowed in space. But as soon as we don't have to, and people are willing to go out, I'm doing an in-person live event, right? Because the room, right? The room is this different, right? And uh, I was, I was very passionate about this yesterday on Clubhouse, right? The room, everyone's like, oh, it's the same. I'm like, no, it's not, right? So it, it's, the room is electric. And I spoke and I was like, oh, this is how we're going to do it. Right. Just start getting me in rooms with people in it. And uh, so we started doing that and it was like still slow. So, and I was like, you know, I kept saying I, right. I was going to impact a billion me. That was still the chip. It was a little piece I didn't get. Right. I didn't clean out. Right. So it was still fucking me. And I was just like, well, it wasn't fucking me, but it was fucking me there. If you, whatever way you look at it. Right. So it was like, I was like, Oh my God. Right. Like, but because of all that work, I'm talking about working with the right people, doing that mind work, doing that emotional work, working through some of my bullshit, right? I started seeing it. I was just like, oh my God, this is still me trying to prove me, right? Like, this is still me trying to show who I am, that I'm worthy enough, that I'm cool enough, right? Like, that I'm that fucking dude, right? And uh, so that was the year I was just like, yo, we're going to transition everything, right? Like, we're going to change how we're doing this, and we, we're going to do it now, right? And everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, this is working. It's, we've built this for uh, six years at a time. I was just like, God, sweet, right? Like, I don't know. That's not going to change this. I have to do this, right? Like, so that uh, immediately then some of the people that were involved disappeared because they were like, well, that's you, right? Like, we built something else. I'm like, all right. But so Unleash You now came because it, it wasn't about me anymore. It was about you. Unleash you, right? And, and it was about unleashing you from the things that hold us back, right? And part of why that was is because I held my back. I, I held myself back so long, right? Because that chip, because those thoughts, because uh, that feeling. And, and it was like, and then it was like, or uh, even more so like subconsciously, am I disrespecting where I came from by doing something different, right? Like, because nowhere where I came from, people weren't doing this. It wasn't like I hung out with a bunch of people that were in the personal growth field my whole life, right? Like, that's why I laugh at that. Can we talk about a quote that I'm like, what do you mean? When they're like, just check the five people you hang out with and you'll be just, uh, you'll be just like them, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, did Babe Ruth hang out with like world-class baseball players his whole fucking life and became that dude? Right? Was Abraham Lincoln just chilling with presidents? Like, what do you think about that one there, George? <sighs> Good, right? Like, like, let's be fucking real about it. Like, dude, no one where I grew up is doing this. Nobody. Like, I didn't see it. I didn't know it existed. Right? Like, it, it, it wasn't. Now, that being said, I understand the, the, the idea of the quote. But it, I feel like that's a scapegoat because, dude, you dictate your life. If one can, anyone can. Right? Uh, the fastest mile I ever ran was because some dude in front of me was running faster than me. All right. No lie. I ran like a 498 mile and I was just like, Oh my God, I never ran that fast. And uh, there, everybody was like, how do you do it? I was just like, I didn't like the guy in front of me and I wanted to beat him. So I just kept running fast. Cause I was like, fuck that. I'm not letting this dude beat me. All right. And, uh, and I didn't die, which was happy. All right. But uh, so it's that idea. Like it wasn't about me. I'm not letting society, what they try to tell us, like the system bullshit hold me back anymore. Right. I don't need to punch a clock nine to five to be a responsible person. Right. Like I wasn't letting my family traditions cause this wasn't them hold me back. No offense to my family. Love me. Right? Like it, I wasn't letting like cultural norms try to keep me back. Like I wasn't letting all the bullshit hold me anymore. Whatever title you want to give it all that shit. I wasn't letting it hold me back anymore and, and it shouldn't hold you back. And as I started stripping away all that shit, my life started getting better. So I'm like, strip away that shit. Your life starts getting better. Like, it's simple. I'm just taking steps I did and then putting them into other people, right? Like, hey, this is, a, this is a method or this is a system or this is a strategy, right? Go rock that shit. 
Uh, it's like when you talk about sales, right? You sold different things. You weren't just this, like you didn't just go around and sell paper straws, right? So it was like, but you used a strategy of selling and other things, you changed up tactics to better fit you and the item, right? So that, so that was only you now. It came from where it's about you. I want everybody to live their fucking masterpiece, man. Like I want everyone to create their thing, right? Because that's how we contribute. We do not contribute by punching the clock nine to five. Right. You contribute because like, even listen, like uh, I know the guy that does the street sweeping in my area. Right. And uh, he loves me because uh, of Christmas I am a card. Right. Like, cause I give everybody that does like cool, like shit that really makes it where I don't have to do shit. I give them cards. Right. With some in it. Right. So, and I, I gave him a card. He was like, the next time he saw me, he's like, dude, that was so nice. Like no one else does that. Like, why'd you do that? I was just like, bro, you create a masterpiece for me. Right. Like you're creating, like you make it safe for my kid to come here. Right. Like you make it pleasant for us to take pictures outside. Like you create a masterpiece. Like don't, don't miss your beauty. Right. Like in what you create. And the dude told me like six months later, he's like, I stopped being stressed after you told me that. Because for my whole life, I looked at it like I was a failure doing this. He's like, I love it. But I just, I was looked at it. I thought I was a failure. I was like, the fuck. Right. Like, and that was the system that makes us believe that shit. Right. Like the trash man is a, is a failure. I'm like, bro, you know how much the trash man makes? Right? Like, shit, he was, he was making more than me hustling harder, right? Like, I was just like, shit. Uh, if they would have hired me, I would have took it at that time. But, so it's like, only you now came from being focused on you. And that made me always remember the mission and the cause, and it's not about me. The mission is above us all. So I want to create something, and something like me and you both know each other from uh, damn TDNA days. And uh, <laughs> some weird chance John Maxwell team does. And one of the things that us, uh, and I was like, I'm going to be like them, CMF. We have conference to see CMF everywhere, right? Again, that's like, uh, my boy said it should be BMF, bad mother, never mind. But uh, the, uh, <laughs> I said my initials are appropriate because I'm a real MFer, right? But I was just like, dude, something happens to John. What happens? Are people still going there to see Mark, right? Like something happens to Tony. People going there to see Charlie, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Something happens to Eric Thomas. People are going to go see Chuck or the EJ, right? Like, I don't think so. So I was like, dude, I don't want so. I don't, this is bigger than me. I don't want it to die with me. All right. So now I create something that other people can own too. You create a movement because other people can own that shit. And that, and that's kind of why Unleashing now is, and it came from and, and the point of it. Um, and just rode from there and just kept expanding. Yeah, and Unleashed You's been out there making huge impact. I know that we're super blessed to have uh, you and, uh, you know, AJ from Unleash You as well uh, be a part of creating your Big Break Summit. You guys have added a ton of value. So I love seeing what you guys are doing. You know, you guys are making impacts all over the place and definitely helping people step into their greatness. So it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. Listen, if people want to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing with the Unleash You movement, uh, how can they connect with you, man? Uh, they can find me on like any social media platform, Michael Faber, coach Mike Faber, uh, Mike Faber. I'm pretty easy. And like, when I say like, I'm there for you, like my cell phone number is public, right? Like my email address is public. Like people I don't know call me in the middle of the night and ask me questions. And, and that's what it's for. One thing we have to know, like we're not alone. When I thought I was alone, that like destroyed me, right? Like that, that feeling isolated, feeling like I was a burden, feeling like I was only one, right? And also we thrive off connection. We want to connect to shit, right? Like I always say this, this, 
dumb shit. I was, I was, I walked into a bar. We were like in the Bahamas or some shit. And I walked into a bar and a dude had a Mets hat on. And I was just like, I'm a Mets fan, by the way. And we just traded for the best shortstop in the game. What up? Anyway, um, so now we'll have a higher payroll and still suck. It's amazing being a Mets fan. And I see it has a Mets hat on. I'm like, oh, yeah, what up? M-E-T-S, Mets, Mets, Mets. And he's like, uh, he's like yeah, Mets, 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 right? Like, and then, like, he's buying me drinks. I'm buying him drinks. We're shooting shit. Like, we're hogging and shit. Like, like oh, my God, we're talking about the 80s. Like, right? I'm like I was like six, right? Like, uh, or like we're, we're talking about, like, Piazza was, like, one of the most overrated Right, and we treat him like a goddamn superstar and celebrity. And he never brought a shit, right? Like, and it's like everybody loves him, and we're bad Mets fans because we talk shit about him, right? And it's like we're just going back and forth. It's amazing, right? And dude leaves, walks out of the bar, and they're like, "Dude, how strange is that? You saw someone you know." I was like, "Oh fuck, I don't know that fucker. You could have dead bodies in his closet, but he had that hat on. I'm cool." But it's like I just wanted to connect, and it was like we look for ways to connect because that makes us feel like we're part of something that's bigger than us. So it's like, that's why it's like, I, people say, unleash you now the business. I'm like, no, it's a movement. Like, it's, it's not a business, it's a movement, right? Because it was there when it was making zero, it's here when it's making money, right? Like, it wasn't a business, it's a movement. And we figured out we can help the movement and help people by doing more of it. And then we had to bring more people in and that costs more money. So it just makes sense, right? But it's a movement because of it. And it's be part of something you connect with. That's why I love, like, like the, the, the dance show and, and, right? like, and the conference and shit. It's like you're putting on things that are making people connect and be part of something bigger than them. And that's how people change. That's how the world changes, right? It's because you're creating your army, right? Like, and, and people normally will, uh, some people will test me and they'll be like, yeah, Mike, you're really about this life. Prove it. I'm like, I don't have to anymore. Right? Like they got me. Right? We got an army. Like question if I do something good, there's going to be a dozen or so people in, in less than a minute. That's going to respond to that and be like, yeah, that's what he does. Cool. Right. I don't have to do that. And it's because we created that army. And it's like, you're creating your army and that that's going to be the people doing your mission and their mission because they own it too. And just pushing that shit forward. And that's when it just starts spreading. It's a, it's a beautiful thing when you start seeing it because it's, it's lonely at first, right? You're like, fuck, is this going to work? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely low. It's a, it's when you're getting anything started, it's going to be a lonely road, but I, I love what you guys are talking about. Make it about other people allowing people to be themselves while they're figuring it out because that that's part of the process is figuring it out. So appreciate what Unleash You does. And, and of course, all the value that you added on, on, on today's conversation, man, it's, it's been a pleasure. And so anybody you get that's watching, go ahead and you can, you'll be able to check out all of his social media stuff in the show notes. Um, but, um, again, uh, appreciate everything you're doing brother and, uh, appreciate you being part of uh, creating your big break summit. Bro, I'm honored, man. I can't believe you let me on both things. Like, I'm, I'm really making it now. Like, I was just like, when you talked to me, I was just like, shit, like, this is it. I remember uh, uh, you were at JMT. I was just like, dang, this dude has a nice fucking suit. <laughs> right? Like, he had the, the vest on. Yeah, the vest. I was just like, I wear a vest. I'm like, damn, like, this dude has a nice suit. And uh, dude, I knew it was like, it looks like yours. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> right? Like, you, you clearly don't know fabric. Right? Like, that, that's not like this one. Right? Like, I got this one for much less. I'm going to say comma less. Right? Like, uh, so it was, uh, it was funny. But um, I was just like, dang. And you were on stage. And then, and then, like, the next year, the year after, you're on stage dancing. Then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this dude's killing it. And now, and now I'm sitting here talking to you. So it's like I'm talking to someone that, uh, in a way, you inspired me to do better. So thank you for letting me be here with you. Oh man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to seeing what Unleash You is doing in the future. And uh, I'm sure that uh, we're going to see big things come out of that movement, man. So thanks for all you do. Oh, 
was damn right. You're going to be on stage with us. That's right. There we go. There we go. There we go. Perfect. Deal All made. Right. I did. I put pressure on you. There. Yeah. Just a little bit People of pressure. Here now. I'm like, He's gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it from me first. Well, actually, you heard it from Mike first. So, but uh, but uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for everybody tuning in. Make sure that you tune in every uh, episode here. And uh, if you haven't heard uh, or if you haven't connected with Mike before, make sure you go over to Unleash You and get connected. You will not regret it. But until the next one, we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.